0: The NFL playoffs are officially upon us. We dive into the Miami Dolphins, sneaking into the playoffs, the Houston Texans giving up the number one overall pick for a win. Everything you need to know heading into the playoffs and more coming up next here on Locked On NFL. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts here over on our network here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're free and available on all platforms, including over on YouTube, and we are going to be breaking down the biggest stories from across the NFL, across week 18, and heading into now the 2022-2023 NFL playoffs, but today's episode of Locked On NFL. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer to Locked On NFL listeners: get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com/slash Locked On. And we are back here. It was a wild week eighteen, the last week of the regular season. In the books, there were plenty of races to keep track of. Obviously. All of the new rules that were in place with the scary Demar Hamlin situation and how that impacted the league with the Week 17 game between Buffalo and Cincinnati being called a no contest. We're going to dive into it all here today. And the first thing we'll be talking with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins about how the Dolphins were able to sneak in to the postseason. They needed some stuff to happen. They needed to win themselves. They got it all. They are the AFC seven seed. Then in the second segment, we'll take a bit of, of playoff break and dive into the Houston Texans with John Hickman of Locked On Texans who actually sacrificed the number one overall pick for a win. And they actually also fired their head coach in Lovey Smith. So we'll talk with John Hickman of Locked On Texans about that in the second segment. And then finally, I'll be taking you home in the final segment What I have another rest of the playoff action from Week 18, the head playoff implications. We'll also be looking at... Just what to look for is the playoff start, playoff scheduling, and more. So without any further ado, let's now first dive into our conversation with Kyle Krabs with Locked On Dolphins. Well, the Miami Dolphins, they're a playoff team. They ended up getting into the big dance here to talk about that with me, Kyle Krabs host over at Locked On Dolphins. And Kyle wasn't necessarily a pretty way for the Dolphins to get in here, an 11-6 win over the Jets, which actually just seems more like a high baseball score as opposed to a football score. No touchdowns in this one. But first, before we get into the actual Dolphins playoffs, how are they able to get this game into their control, win it, and get into the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think you look at a couple things for them. No turnovers offensively. Uh, the Turnovers have killed them in recent games. The, the Patriots had a pick six in the previous contest that they played, and and that – really swung the whole momentum of that contest. Well, the, the Skylar Thompson played a full 60 minutes, uh, and, and that in itself for backup quarterbacks, starting and finishing a game has been a hardship for them, so that's a notch in their belt, I suppose. But taking care of the football uh, and, and having success on the ground, they rushed over 30 times for over five yards a carry. We've seen the potential for this team and I guess a good Jets front without Teron Armstead, they actually went out and they did it and they only had one run of over 20 yards. So it's not even like their numbers were juiced by two explosive runs They I thought they consistently found room to run. And then their run defense, they put the Jets in a lot of third and longs and, and the Jets had some success on third downs, almost 50% conversion rate, but they had to work for it just about every time uh, because Christian Wilkins up front, Jalen Phillips, they created a lot of chaos and, And those guys did not make it easy for the Jets to have a balanced offensive attack in spite of the fact that this game, as you mentioned, was so low scoring all the way throughout.
0: Yeah, the Dolphins needed a Patriots loss. They got it and they were able to get the job done and get in here. But Kyle, when you're talking about streaky, I think the Dolphins are the definition this season, at least, of what a streaky team has been. Have the three game win streak to start the year, then a three game losing streak, then the five game win streak then the five-game losing streak before this win here uh, in week 18. So I, I want to ask you, who
1: are these Miami Dolphins heading into the playoffs? Uh, They are a team that can play very explosive dynamic football in spurts. Uh, as far as their ability to complement all phases of the game, that's not really something that they've shown in Any contest other than uh, the Browns game at week 10, just before the buy and the first half of the Texans game in week 12, coming out of the buyer are probably the two best snapshots that you can have of this team paying fully complimentary football. If if it's the defense and the offense are playing well, well then special teams are going to miss a field goal, set the opposing team up on a short field. And then the defense is going to give up an explosive play. Or if the defense is playing well, the offense will have a turnover or the offense will play well and, Uh, The the defense just can't get the opposing quarterback down. So they're a very um, challenging team to know what elements are going to have success on any given week and what elements are not. Uh, I think one thing in the playoffs uh, that the Buffalo Bills, who the Dolphins will play for the third time, uh, should be keeping an eye on, as you would expect, is the injury report. Uh, Raheem Mostert left this game. He finished 11 for 71 ran really inspired with the football yet again. He's been one of the the best stories of the season. And he ran inspired in this contest against the jets Uh, left with an injury portion of the way through the game. Tyree killed battling an ankle injury was held to two catches. Jalen Waddle got pulled down on a horse collar tackle late in the game. He came limping off, of course, to a tongue of Aloha Armstead didn't strap up the other starting tackle. Uh, I guess the, the de facto starting tackle Brandon Shell, who they picked up as a street free agent at the beginning of the season, has played pretty well. Uh, he went off, so they had to move their right guard out to right tackle. So uh, it's like half the starting lineup offensively is going to be up in the air as far as their availability for the wild card round, and that'll be the big defining factor on how big of a puncher's chance the Dolphins have.
0: Right, and I think the biggest name out of all those, at least for the Dolphins on offense, is Tua Tagovailoa, and just what mm-hmm. his status will be. Kyle, do you feel like there's any chance he suits up based off all the head injuries he's gone through this year?
1: I think there is a chance. Uh, you you kind of heard after the first week, uh, I believe it was Jake Glazer uh, of Fox that had reported that Tua has been telling had been telling people uh, he'd, he'd like to play in the playoff game. If the Dolphins made it, well, they made it, but I think the Dolphins were, were very emphatic to kind of shut him down in the the final finale of the regular season to make sure that, that he wasn't putting additional stress or pressure or rushing back into just, you're not playing for the time being, right? And they're going to see how this week goes and obviously follow concussion protocols, And uh, but but he was not too deep into the concussion protocols at the end of last week. So I do think it is, uh, not something that's a slam dunk that we will see him. But I do think, yeah, there's a there's a decent chance that we end up seeing Valo play in this game against the Bills.
0: And this is going to be the first playoff test as a head coach for Mike McDaniel, who I know, again, he's been leading that team over there in Miami. I know he's a fan favorite for some. I know some not for others, but I know, Kyle, he's someone that has his work cut out for him going up against this Buffalo team in round one. How confident are you and Mike McDaniel in this coaching staff to have this team ready for that round one matchup?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know one thing, they're going to be aggressive, right? They they came out in this contest with a third string rookie quarterback and they went for it on fourth and five on the opening possession of the game against the Jets. And it's like, man, like you really didn't need to put yourself in a position where you set them up on a short field, but uh, they, they like to be aggressive. They like to go forward on fourth down. They like to steal a possession or, or, or go for points and go for seven instead of three points. So uh, I, I think that element, for sure, and especially if they, they have the full complement of weapons, they, they, they can be a challenge for anybody defensively as far as stopping them from getting into the end zone if they have all of their key pieces. And I think you're seeing uh, the the – Elements of Tua Tongvaloa's game, Tua game. Who he's a polarizing player. He, he doesn't necessarily play the, the most prototypical or conventional style of, of playing the position, but he has some unique skills that they've really tailored a lot of their offense to, and I think you've seen what that looks like without the other players. So if you don't have Tua Tongvaloa, the challenge will be continuing to find uh, explosive plays in the passing game without leaning on those unique traits, and if Tua is back, uh, then, then I think it's going to be staying disciplined to go with the flow of the game and not get too overly ambitious, which I think coach McDaniel has done at times throughout the course of the season. Now with, or without to uh,
0: how confident are you that this Dolphins team can pull off the subset?
1: Well, if I'm going to find any inspiration in anything, it's the fact that they did run the ball without their two starting tackles against a really good Jets defense for over five yards to carry. And they ran the ball well against the Bills the last time they played them up in Orchard Park. That was a game that was tied at 29. The lake effect snow comes in late. The Bills have a a long possession to milk the rest of the clock, kick a game-winning field goal on the last play in Orchard Park. So they went up there and gave a hell of a shot uh, as far as playing really inspired ball but they're going to have to be balanced on offense. So if I'm going to find any solace in in the outlook for this week, it is the fact that they have had success running the ball. It's the commitment to staying focused on being balanced and using those explosive weapons as compliments uh, at, at times throughout the course of the game and manufacturing some explosive plays that way. So I certainly wouldn't favor the Dolphins to go up here and pull this thing off. But I think back to that last contest, and if you have all the pieces that played in that game, I think this can be an entertaining football game. And, of course, the season series right now sits at one and one So it's only fair that we get the rubber match and and figure out who gets bragging rights all offseason. Yep, we'll figure out those bragging rights. And every team is
0: zero and zero. New season starts in the playoffs. So any team has a chance when it comes to the postseason. But for more on the Dolphins and Kyle's work, be sure to check out the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of us over here at the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. The Dolphins got the job done, and now we'll wait on the status of Tua Tagovailoa to see if he'll be able to suit up in this game or if it will be another backup for the Dolphins as they do head to Buffalo to play that Buffalo team. Coming up, though, in our second segment, we'll be diving in with our conversation with John Hickman of Locked On Texans about how they gave up the number one overall pick to secure a win, so be sure to stay tuned. So we have a ton of dive into on the show. But first... This episode is sponsored by Tommy John and morning mornings can be brutal. So here's a tip for tackling the day and comfort, grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. When you start there and Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better from Tommy John loungewear, pajamas and underwear. They have dozens of comfort innovations like luxuriously soft tri-blend and micromodal fabrics with four way stretch and with over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews. People love Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics and Tommy John has so many different things for whatever you might need. And if you want to be more comfortable heading into the new year, you can grab some Tommy John and they will have you covered. Get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash locked on 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See set for details. And this show is sponsored by Better Help Therapy online and i really do wish that life came with a user manual but better help online therapy it's, it's basically the next best thing unfortunately life doesn't come with a user manual so when it's not working for you it's normal to feel stuck therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called do you better help us connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists is convenient secure and accessible anywhere and therapy can help you with so many different things such as learning coping skills self-empowerment dealing with trauma and more and so many people have benefited from therapy as well and everyone deserves to feel their best better help makes it easier to get started as the world's largest therapy service they've matched millions of people with freshly licensed and vetted therapies available 100 online all the benefits of in-person therapy plus is more convenient more accessible and more affordable. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a the therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch in with therapist anytime. It really couldn't be simpler. There are no waiting rooms. There's no traffic. And no one is searching for the right therapist. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. We're back here. Our second segment of On NFL. Kevin Ostraker, your host Still hanging out with you here as we are now done with the 2022 regular season. We now move into the 2022-2023 playoffs as we now have everything set. We'll be diving into everything you need to know about the playoffs in the final segment. But before we do that, in the second segment, we'll be talking with John Hickman of Locked On Texans about this Houston team that picked up a win, a very impressive win, I have to say, over the Colts in Week 18. But the thing is, with that win... They end up losing the first overall pick and they have now the second. So we'll talk with John Hickman about that. And we actually talk about if the Texans should move on from Lovey Smith. Well, the Texans, after we recorded this interview, actually did move on from Lovey Smith even before Monday. So we'll get John's opinion on what he thinks the Texans should have done in that situation and obviously comparing it with what the Texans actually did, which is actually firing Lovey Smith. So let's dive into our conversation now. John Hickman of Lockdown Texans. Well, the Houston Texans both won and lost on Sunday against the Colts. As they picked up a big victory, but in the process, lost the number one overall pick. Here To talk with me about that today, John Hickman, one of the hosts over it locked on Texans. John, I know there are a lot of varying opinions of the Texans fan base right now about just should the Texans have actually tanked for this number one overall pick? Or, you know, does this win kind of put hope for the future in a lot of fans? Hearts? So let's start with the actual game, the Texans picking up. At 32-31, last second win, they obviously go for the two-point conversion. They, they left no stone unturned in this game. How were they able to actually pick up this victory, and did it give you any hope for the future
1: with this
2: team? Man, uh, I think they got this victory by just playing ballsy, aggressive, uh, not passive, not, not holding back, uh, during all of the things that many people around the city of Houston uh, in the United States, fans of this fan base wanted to see Throughout the course of the entire 18-week season, right, uh, we look back at certain weeks, especially we go immediately, like all the way back to week one, when they took on the Colts, you played for the tie. This go round, week 18, 17 weeks later, you play for the victory, right? You don't even allow it to go to overtime. And so I think that's how they won, right? They trusted each other. They got creative. Guys were able to execute. The fourth quarter, as much as the discourse around David Mills has been kind of a roller coaster up and down, I think on, on Sunday against the coach he kind of shut everybody up. Like, hey, I can still play quarterback in the NFL, not necessarily maybe at the starter level, but I can make some throws. Right? Even with Brandon Cooks, early in the year, wanted to be traded at the deadline, didn't get that done. He was a guy that presumably you would have thought that Maybe he should be sitting out this game. No real reason to play him. He goes out there and has his first 100-yard game of the year. So I think they just played together, played tough football, trusted each other. And and, and, and for the players in their locker room, and the locker room has been pretty stinky this year in terms of wins and losses, they kind of said, screw your number one pick. We want to end the season off on a high note. Right, and I think
0: that's like that's the type of thing you want to see from a team that I know, obviously, it doesn't have anything to play for this year. But even at the loss of the number one overall pick, you still get a win that I think could even build momentum into the future for next year. But, John, I know, again, the varying opinions of the Texans fan base, some people really wanted that number one pick to have it. Other people are just fine with them
2: losing it, picking up this win and getting number two. Where are you on that spectrum? I'm okay with either. Either or was okay for me on Sunday. Like I look at number one as the ultimate control at number one you could do whatever with whoever that's coming out of the draft um but with them getting a win on sunday maybe the houston texans feel like the guy that they really want is going to be available at number two and they don't have to go through the scrutiny of picking the player that they really want at number one they can go ahead and take them at number two i'm fine with it i think for houston it's a win-win situation you end the season off on a high note And regardless of what happens in this upcoming draft, that second pick will result in a quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young, whether it's C.J. Stroud. And, you know, if you're a religious person, I'm praying that it's not Will Levis. But they will result – that pick will result in a pick, in a a quarterback pick. So I'm fine with it. I think that in order for them to utilize some of the foundational players that they've brought in over the past couple of seasons – to get it right with the quarterback, they got the chance to do it at number two. Right, and this is a Texans team that has multiple first-round picks. It's not just
0: number two. You have other opportunities in that first round to go out there and get somebody. John, if you were the Texans, obviously we have free agency to go. That'll dictate a lot of needs for the Texans and where you're kind of looking. But how would you have that first-round play out perfectly in your mind for the Texans?
2: Man, I I, I got to go quarterback number one in terms of your first pick. <sighs> And again, free agency will determine a lot, uh, but Houston lacks explosiveness in youth with their skill position. So wide receiver, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm I gotta go wide receiver after that. Although, if there's a player on the defensive side of the ball, specifically with their defensive front that they like then I'm totally fine, and I can see the justification with drafting a defensive tackle or a DN that they really like between 11 to 12, wherever the pick stands right now from the Browns. I get it, but if it was me, I would go quarterback number one, get some youth and explosiveness for my quarterback to throw to by bringing in and drafting a wide receiver. And I know there there are questions about who we're going to be coaching those draft
0: picks as I know some reports surfaced. Now the Texans went one and done last year with David Culley. He coached them for one year, they move on, they bring in Lovey Smith. Is this another one and done year for the Texans with maybe even some other moves up at to the top? What would you personally do here, John? Would you keep Lovey Smith on, or would you try to move on and maybe find someone else?
2: That's a great question. And uh, honestly, from the things that I've heard, I, I, there, there's a lot going on. So I don't know if Houston will actually move on from Lovey Smith. And I've been saying this all year, guys. If they move on from Lovey Smith, then Lovey Smith should also be holding the door for Nick Casario to walk out right behind him. I feel like he should be going as well. So, with that being said, if it was me, I would move on from Lovey. I would move on from Lovey. I would move on from from Nick Casario. If I'm the owner, I would look at all things, and I would have to say to myself, I made some terrible decisions, some terrible mistakes. I have to live with those, but I have to, you know, steer this franchise, get it back on the right track. And to do so, I gotta put people that will make the right decisions and it won't backfire 12 months later. 12 months later, if we do it again, it'll be two years in a row. I'm looking for a new coach. That is inexcusable. I've never seen a situation where we've seen a franchise allow three head coaches in three consecutive years. And if we go back before David Culley, it would be four coaches. Uh, Really five, Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell, David Culley. Now we're looking at Lovey Smith. So if they move on, that's five and four years. I, I think that's inexcusable. Can't do it. If I'm Kyle McNair, I bite the bullet and I move on from both candidates, both guys in the building right now. Yeah, and I think this win did. It inspired
0: some hope for some Texans fans for sure, but I think there are a lot of questions ahead in this offseason. What do you do with number two? Who is leading these guys next year? A lot still ahead in this offseason. And for more on the Texans and John's work, be sure to check out the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. The Texans still, they have some room to grow as a football team, obviously. But for now, they pick up that win over the Colts. And in the offseason, we'll see what they do with their two first-round picks. We'll see who ends up leading them during the 2023 season. Hopefully, they're able to find a mainstay at head coaches. They have just gone through coach after coach after coach. So, hopefully, the Texans can get things right this time around. But let's head into our final break. When we get back, we'll be diving into everything you need to know for these 2022-2023 NFL playoffs. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton of to talk about here on Lockdown NFL. But first... This episode is sponsored by Ultimate Football GM. And I'm really excited to tell you about our new partner and sponsor today's episode of the mobile game, Ultimate Football GM. And if you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You can manage every stage you guys, your through a team you can play through the season. It leads your team to glory. You're responsible for things like hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise with free agency in the draft, and all the ups and downs of the season, and all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and also when you want to. And Locked On NFL hosts, we have a little thing going, a little competition going. So if you want to do that with your friends or family, you absolutely can. And Locked On NFL listeners get a 100% free boost of their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Zaha, the game says at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. We've returned here with our final segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Oshark, your host, still here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to, again, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. But here in the final segment, I'll be taking you home as we now dive into what I think is going to be a really, really entertaining playoffs for this whole league. I mean, we have teams. And the, the thing about this year is that I think any team can go out there and they can win it. Now, the playoffs are a whole new season. You start 0-0, you take it one week at a time, and go 1-0 every week for four weeks or three if you have a buy for the one seed. And that's all it takes now. It's a lot more difficult than I just made it sound. But I think with so much parity in the league this year, we, we've seen top teams lose to not good teams. We've seen teams that we thought were going to be really bad in the offseason, be really good this year. I think anybody can win. So, we talked about the Dolphins and how they were able to sneak into that final wild card spot in the AFC. Well, the NFC had a battle of their own between the Packers and the Lions and the Seahawks and it was the Seahawks coming out on top as they beat the Los Angeles Rams in over it's a crazy overtime game. The, the Rams had a couple of chances now the the referees were I'll say interesting in this game, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day, Seattle gets the 19. To 16 win. Then you have that Packers and Lions game, which for the Packers, it was a win and in situation. But if the Lions were, were able to win, since the Seahawks won, the Lions were automatically eliminated there. But the Lions had a chance to play spoiler, their divisional rival, and they did it. 20 to 16 over the Packers, knocking Green Bay out of the playoffs. And that pushed Seattle in. So Seattle gets that seven seed. So you have Miami sneaking in after some help because they needed the Patriots to lose. Then you have the Seahawks sneaking in after some help is they had to have the Packers lose. Now there were also some other things to look at, especially in the AFC Cincinnati and Baltimore is a game that people looked at Cincinnati ended up getting the win. Lamar Jackson didn't play the Ravens didn't even have Tyler Huntley, they started their third string quarterback and Anthony Brown, but that game was important because of the coin flip rule that the NFL put into place after the Lamar Hamlin situation, where since the Ravens, actually beat the Bengals in week five, the NFL, despite the Bengals having the 11 and four record coming on this one, Baltimore 10 and six, they said that if Baltimore ended up beating Cincinnati again, they would have had those two wins. And they said, you know what? In that case, if the Ravens and Bengals are slated to face off in the playoffs and the Chargers win, which is what needed to happen for that to happen, then there'll be a coin flip to determine where that game would be played. Now there was no coin flip. The Bengals took care of business. That's what happened. And that was that. But what would have have been something that there was a coin flip? I know Bengals fans, the Bengals organization were very unhappy for the most part with how the NFL handled the the rules part of it. They felt like they got slighted, it feels like, and, and things weren't necessarily fair to them. But at the end of the day, the Bengals, they get their job done. They will be playing Baltimore again, the season series, even at one The Ravens got the week five game. The Bengals got the week 18 game. So this one, it's a rubber match. It'll determine that one. Playoff scheduling, though, as we get into this whole thing here, the playoffs, I think round one are going to be very, very good. You have first the Saturday game, Seattle traveling to San Francisco at 430. And then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers playing at 8.15 with some Saturday night football action. Then January 15th, that Sunday, there are three games. You got Miami and Buffalo at one. Then you have the Giants and the Vikings at 4.30. And then Baltimore and Cincinnati, second Sunday night football game for them this year. That's at 8.15. Then Monday, you got Monday night football, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Obviously the Chiefs and the Eagles have those bye weeks. And if the the, the, all another rule is that if the, Chiefs and the Bills playing the AFC championship game that will be played at a neutral site another a, a bunch of neutral site things also with the with the situation with the more Hamlin so this is going to be exciting you know the games that I'm looking out for here I honestly think that the Chargers and Jacksonville game has sneaky potential I'm looking for the Miami the Miami Buffalo game I think is going to be really good if Tua Lowe is going to be able to play we talked about that with Kyle a little bit in the first segment The Giants are a team that just they've been sticklers and playing some good football all year. The Vikings are a team that some people are wondering, are they for real? Are they not? So that's when Baltimore Cincinnati, I I have to shout that one out. I think Dallas Tampa Bay is going to be really good, though. I I know those two teams have definitely had their ups and downs this season. But then once we get into the second round, we get into the the championship games and obviously the Super Bowl. I think we're going to have some some fun games to cover here over on Lockdown NFL throughout the league that's all i have for you here today on lockdown nfl thank you so much for tuning in with me here today let me get back here tomorrow we'll be diving into more content with your tuesday host Be sure to stay tuned for that and we'll see you right back here tomorrow